0: These were great experiences to be part of this team, to be an Olympian, to win a gold medal at the World Cup. But I was like, I want to be on the field. Like, that's the next step is like, I want to be on the field. Welcome to the Just Women's Sports podcast
1: season four, where we talk to the biggest athletes in the world about the untold stories behind their success. I'm Kelly O'Hara and my guest today is Alyssa Nair. Alyssa is considered one of the best goalkeepers in the game today. At Penn State, she was named Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in 07 and was a first-team All-American in 07 and 08. The 2014 NWSL Goalkeeper of the Year, Alyssa has won two World Cups with the U.S. Women's National Team. Most recently, in the Tokyo Olympics quarterfinals, Alyssa made two crucial saves on penalty kicks that helped the U.S. team advance. Today, she is a goalkeeper for Chicago Red Stars and the U.S. Women's National Team. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hi, Cal. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on because I feel like people from the outside probably see you as like a very quiet, reserved individual, Mm -hmm. which you can be, but you're such a good conversationalist. And and like whenever we sit down and start talking, we don't stop talking for like two hours. Right. So totally. I'm pumped to have you on <laughs> and for people to hear your story because I feel like everything you've done throughout your career, but, you know, in the last 2019 World Cup and then this, this last Olympics, 2020 Olympics or 2021, whatever you want to call it, the things that you have done have been insane. And like in the women's game, at least I don't think no other keeper has played to the standard and level that you have so um yeah excited to have you here today i'm excited what an intro that was- and and you're my first guest for uh for season four sitting down with so it's nice to like sit down with a pal and a friend yeah um to kick off and and get back into it for myself so i'm happy it's you nice
0: well i'm glad to be here it's fun yeah well first of all how are you feeling i'm feeling good Um, just plugging away at rehab i've been getting my uh my swimming game on so it's nice uh, crutch my way over to the pool and i'm making friends with all like the 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 gym that i go to has like the pt is attached to a it's like a um essentially like a club (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah so it's a lot of like retired people and like everyone's like an ex everyone's like either a triathlon or like world's like qualified swimmers like everyone's there like super professional and I'm like nice. crutching in. I finally just bought some goggles so I could try to fit in a little bit more, but I'm there like just trying not to drown and they're just going <laughs> back and forth and back and forth, back and forth. Did you swim growing up at all? I mean, not outside of like backyard swimming pools, but okay. last time I had a knee injury in college, I swam a lot okay. and it like made a huge difference. So Makes I was like, sense. And then I remember doing that. So I was like, okay, at least if I can't walk i can swim so i can stay i'm not very good at sitting still no i know so yeah
1: <laughs> well to you sitting still, people should know Alyssa is like you i feel like you are always doing something like she gets up at yeah. 6 a.m at camp is doing the crossword is reading is just all you're always out and about doing something
0: yeah i just like have to be like on the go so yeah. when i'm like okay like i'm hurt like what can i do what can i do they're like nothing let the bone literally, nothing. literally nothing like sit there and I'm like well but like what can I do and they're like nothing they're like watch Netflix <laughs> and Hulu that's what you can do they're like go sit outside I'm like well like no but like what can I do and they're like okay you can sit in a pool it's <laughs> like okay but I can swim if I put a buoy between my legs right they're like yes you can swim we'll use your arms I was like I was about okay. say, can you can you even kick or no I can't kick so I've got this little buoy that like Sits between my legs that like keeps my back afloat, and then I yeah. just like swim.
1: Okay, so you're just gonna be even more jacked in your upper between, body between
0: between crutching around for six weeks and swimming. Yeah, yeah it'll, probably a little bit. Okay,
1: I gotta get back on the hundred push-ups a day competition that Sonnet and Jane were doing during the Olympics to to compete with you post injury. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm glad you're feeling okay. I'm glad you found swimming. I you need to get a swim cap ASAP. Yes. Um, Amazon Prime. Perfect, exactly. <laughs> um, so you grew up in Connecticut. I
0: did. Born there. Born and raised in Connecticut. Yeah. Whole life. Whole life. Still, family still there. My parents are still there, and my younger sister just moved back. Uh, actually, right before the Olympics. So now, um, all of my sister, my brother-in-law, all the kids—they're all back in Connecticut now. So there you go. And what
1: was growing up in Connecticut? What did it look like for you as a kid? Like, were you doing a ton of sports? You obviously weren't doing swimming, but, or was it just soccer when
0: you, when you were young? So my dad was an athletic director at the school. And so since, and and obviously, you know, I have a twin. So since we were like able to walk, we were with him in the gym and he had obviously the master key to the back room of all the stuff. Yeah. So we would just be in there for hours upon hours of like we'd switch from basketball to soccer to baseball so we'd let the ropes down for the gymnastics and climb up as fast as we could and they would do renovations in the building so we brought our rollerblades and played hockey in the on the cement floors um so we were just really active and like to play and do like anything that we could yeah and growing up was certainly like kind of dabbling in everything. And then between soccer and basketball, those were like the two that we like really put time into.
1: Yeah, you were really good at basketball, huh?
0: Yeah, basketball was my first love. Really? That's what I thought I would do with my life. I prayed every morning when I was a kid. Um, my parents can attest to it. I wanted to make the WNBA. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. I wanted to go to UConn. Wait, I didn't know it went this deep. Oh yeah. My dream was to like, I was in the UConn Huskies club. <laughs> I wanted to go to UConn, play basketball for Geno. And yeah, I wanted to be. Yeah. It makes
1: sense. Like growing up in Connecticut and being obsessed with basketball and being so close to UConn. Cause that is such, you know, a storied program. But I do remember when we, cause we met when, what, we were like 15 mm-hmm. at, national team or youth national team camp yeah and i remember you did you, you played so when did you stop playing basketball because you played basketball pretty much all through all through high school yeah yeah
0: um, and then even intramurals in college oh you did yeah we were good we won the league and you were allowed to <laughs> i don't know that we were technically allowed to but what some coaches don't know doesn't, they can't say no to. So true. It's in the past now. They can- it was in the spring. So it was, uh, oh, okay. Okay. Actually Krieger was on the team too. We just, we've, no we've the court. Yeah. It was really fun. Oh my gosh.
1: That's, that's a great story. I didn't know that. So, okay. So it was basketball and soccer growing mm-hmm. up.
0: When did you start playing soccer? At five, like every little kid just the easiest sport to get into, honestly. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I feel like it's kind of the, the intro sport to yeah. organize sports. Yeah. You just throw
0: a ball in the field and let kids run around. Yeah. playing bumblebee soccer. Exactly. So at what
1: point when you were a kid, did you start to become serious about soccer and, or think like, Oh, I could be really good at this. And also this is a two part question. At what point, did you go from playing on the field to just playing in goal?
0: Because I always liked basketball. I always liked being in goal. Cause it mm. was like, I could play with my hands and like, kind of, I like diving around in the mud and getting dirty. Um, and I remember going to, a like a summer camp or a soccer camp and I went in, I think I was 13, um. And I was like signed up for half the field players and half the goalkeepers. Okay. And I went to like the first session happened to be with the goalkeepers. And I wish I remembered the name of the coach that was there, but he gave like such a rousing speech of like, we're going to work harder than field players. This is going to be the best week of your life. We're going to have fun. We're going to work hard. And I like remember sitting there and I was like, I walked right to my parents and I was like, you can take me out of the field player session. Like I'm I'm a goalkeeper. Really? Yeah. Yeah. because
1: that coach's enthusiasm for the position
0: yeah it was just like the way that he was talking about it the way that it was like and then we had that first session and I was like that was awesome that was fun like I want to do this and I was like you can take me out of the other side and I started training as like more specifically in goal and that was how old I think I was like 12 or 13 probably okay and but I think growing up also like a, we went to the 99 World Cup the opening game in the Meadowlands um I went with my sister my parents and all of my like little soccer teammates I think we were 11 and I remember that being like the first time driving into the like we tailgated we did the whole thing and like driving into that was like holy cow like this would be awesome and like obviously Christine Lilly was on the team which like she's from Connecticut also so that was like a cool somebody from this little state where I'm from is like doing this amazing thing like I want to do this so cool so
1: that was your first taste of or first like inclination oh i might wanna or i could maybe do this
0: i think that was my first inclination that there was like something that it could be bigger than just like for fun and like yeah what kids do it's like it never really registered that like there was more to it than like that you can aspire Absolutely. to.
1: I-, I feel exactly the same way after the 99 world cup because i remember yeah, going to tryouts for club tryouts and one of the coaches before we started the club tryout was like who here wants to play on the national team one day and I remember mm-hmm. I didn't really love soccer back then so I was like I don't really care but like yeah. it if I <laughs> did play soccer it would be cool you know um, right and I feel like that for the 99 for so many people was so integral to mm-hmm. us achieving what we've totally. achieved to this day and being able totally. to see it. So you didn't start just being a keeper until you were 13.
0: No, like I had always done it. Like I was always that like I remember when I was even younger and because for some reason nobody ever wanted to be in goal. And I earned my first pair of goalie gloves from running the sidelines. My dad was the high school coach and I would run the sidelines as the ball girl. And I like earned my first that was like my prize or like my payment. And like I got to pick out like my jersey which like, that was fun. Um, so I always liked doing it, but I liked running yeah. around too. But yeah, at like that 12, 13 was when I started then working with my coach um, who actually I still keep in touch with, still connect with, who's then trained me all the way through college. Um, That's amazing. College. So at what point,
1: because I mean, like we like I said a little bit earlier, we've known each other since we were fifteen years old, which was us going to youth national team camps. Yeah. At what point did you realize, oh, I'm I'm pretty good at this and I could go as far as what I saw, you know, watching the nineteen ninety 1990 world nineteen ninety nine World Cup.
0: Yeah. I think it was probably right around that age of like fifteen, sixteen, whatever's like sophomore juniors in high school of like I started realizing that with what I was doing with soccer, I was like, I could pay for college with this. Like I could get an education. Right. I can like use this to get to where I want to go. Um, because I, I don't remember exactly when like WUSA was around it was like there, but then it folded. Yeah. And so there wasn't until we were in college, the WPS hadn't come back even. So the national team was like there, but honestly, the decision in high school was even more so like I can pay for college and have a great collegiate athletic experience and that was kind of that in that area that
1: motivating factor for Mm -hmm. you I feel the same way I remember being like oh I could play this and you know like again I could this could pay for college this could be huge for myself and my family um so you end up at Penn State how do you go from Connecticut wanting to play
0: basketball at UConn to Penn State? So I started and I had no idea. Like I was one of those kids that like, you know, some people know what they want to major and some people want to know what they want to do. With their life. I had no clue. I was like, I just want to play soccer. I just want to play like I want to play sports. So I couldn't narrow it down. But uh, Paula Wilkins was my regional team coach at one point. And I knew that I liked her. I knew that I liked the way she coached. And I was like, oh, Penn State. And I knew that I wanted to go to a big, like, either football or basketball school. Like, I wanted that whole experience. Um, And Penn State happened to be my first visit. Oh, really? Yeah. And I drove in with my parents. And then I just, like, stepped on campus. And I, like, loved it. Mm. And, like, just fell in love with the campus instantly. And actually, Allie Krieger was my host. So I got dinner with her and Debs. Shout out, Kriegs. Shout out. And... I remember just like walking around campus and like my dad looked at me and one point he goes okay so just think like if the worst happens and you get a career-ending injury day one of preseason would you still want to go here like could you still see yourself here and i go actually yeah like it it fits so it was we're having the conversation with paula and they're like okay it's so, like time to talk money time to talk this and they go okay so we're prepared to offer you you know a full ride my parents started laughing.
1: No, they didn't.
0: Literally like burst out laughing. They go, really? Why? And I go, Shh, <laughs> don't ruin it before they take it back. Oh my God. I can see your parents doing that. That's so funny. Totally. They were like, wait, what? I was like, "Shh, maybe they didn't hear that. Like, don't put that. They're like, why? I go, don't tell them why. <laughs> oh my God.
1: That's amazing. Oh, man. So, and you, I know this because I know you, you loved Mm -hmm. Penn State. You, Mm -hmm. you had the best time. You did very well there as a soccer player, also as a student and, you know, a social Mm -hmm. butterfly. Um, And would you say that, like,
0: you made the right decision when it comes to schools? I think so. Um, And I think that for me, what I got out of Penn State was i like I found a like a major career that like I actually really enjoyed. They had a great program for it in like kinesiology stuff, and I really enjoyed the school aspect of it as well. Um, and like the soccer side of it we we certainly had our ups and downs with it in terms of we went through a coaching change, and obviously all that comes with that. But I think the biggest thing was with Penn State, the way that Paula ran the program, my freshman year, and then Uh, Erica coming in prepared us as um, like individuals for like life after college Mm. as well as learning how to be a pro and I think that that's really important for like any student athlete to like have that kind of a learning experience yeah Um, it's like I actually graduated and then felt ready none of us are actually ready as much as we think that we are but like I felt ready as much as I could be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think I made the right decision.
1: Yeah, because I feel like a lot of I'm I'm always curious how people feel post, and you can obviously transfer mid mid college career, but just because kids commit so early now, and mm-hmm. also the fact that you said it was the
0: first school that you went
1: to, did you go look at other schools, and how early did you commit?
0: I did. I was actually one of the last in our class to commit, so I committed. I think not until the very end of my junior year. Yeah, that's super late, huh? Um, which is pretty late, um, especially nowadays. Yeah. Um, but I still went on a few visits. I think I went to see five other schools. Okay. Um, just to like confirm. And I was like, I think it was good that Penn State was first because, and I had such a good experience because I was able to be like comparing it all back to ours that is, experience. Yeah, ours
1: <laughs> is like flipped. Like I... I committed super late and Stanford was the last school I looked at. So I had all the other ones, you know, and then was like, oh, Stanford's it. Whereas you like went to Penn State, thought this is it, and then confirmed through going through it. That's interesting. And I love what your dad said, which I think is so important for student athletes or kids that are going to go play in college. Like Mm -hmm. I truly think as a student athlete, you should look at the school of if something was to happen and I wasn't a student athlete anymore, would I still want to be a student here? Right. And my dad actually said the same thing to me, which I think is yeah. adorable that our dads yeah. did that. <laughs> yeah. And they were right. It's so true. It really is the best way yeah, to look was, at it.
0: Yeah. No, I was very grateful for like his level headedness in the process. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you said that, you know, Paula and then, you know, while she, while she came in while you were there. Mm-hmm. Right. They yeah. prepared you in a way that made you ready as individuals to go into the world, but then also as professional. And like you said mm-hmm. earlier, WPS came about in I think the first year was two thousand nine. So we was, were yeah. the summer between our junior and senior years of college. Mm-hmm. So us coming out of college, we were in the same draft class of two thousand ten, mm-hmm. and most
0: epic draft class of all time. Just side note, but I know. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember. I remember somebody talking about that to me at that time or maybe it was after that basically they were like you guys are the last like really good draft class for probably five years and i was like really mm-hmm. i don't really know what's coming behind me but yeah. but you're right we had like case no me you tobin Cheney. we just had an insane
0: class ashlyn jordan like- oh ashlyn
1: came out same year as us uh-huh. i don't remember that dang um, yeah because she
0: redshirted a couple oh times. that's right that's right yeah so
1: in that 2010 draft, you were picked 11th overall and mm-hmm. to the Boston Breakers, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, was that, did you know you were going to go to Boston?
0: Uh, I knew that Boston wanted me okay. because Tony was our U20s coach and I had played for him on our, like a summer league back in Connecticut. So I knew that he wanted to draft me. I knew that they were going to take Chaney mm. second. Yep. So I was like kind of waiting it out, but then there started getting rumblings that um, LA, cause LA had three picks in the first round. They wanted to mess with Tony and they were going to draft me just to draft me and try to like get a trade or something. No, just to like essentially mess with Tony, but like they had KK LeBlanc's like, and KK was like in her prime playing yeah awesome so I literally would have just been like sitting there (laughs) so I'm very grateful that they did not choose to do that um and then Tony was able to and Boston was so close to Connecticut was nice for me to be yeah home yeah
1: I was about to say the proximity to home I feel like had to have been a good thing
0: yeah it was awesome and it was kind of like the best of everything because it was two hours from home 215 so it's like just far enough that like I'm like no sorry can't make it home for the weekend but also close enough that they're like hey we're having family dinner yeah like okay (laughs) i'll be there in two hours so oh that works in my schedule today yeah i can make it yeah that's great (laughs) oh man well we were i went to fc gold
1: pride in 2010 Mm -hmm. and then we became teammates in 2011 right yes yes so and we played on boston i got drafted or i got i got i transferred or traded i think it was trade but or signed i don't know if there was even trades back then i did fc gold pride fold fc gold pride folded so that's how i ended up in boston so you played in boston 2010 2011 and then yes you spent one season in the german bundesliga club called turbina 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 Potsdam. there you go yeah (laughs) when did you go overseas did you go overseas when the league folded
0: wps um sort of so i had gone over from talking to Tony he wanted me to go play somewhere in the fall okay. like after the season ended in september um for until christmas and this was um, september
1: of 2010 2011 oh okay okay
0: okay um so but it was only supposed to be like i was going for a four m- four month loan which i did came back um for christmas had my car packed was ready to go back to boston and like got the email that like or started hearing rumblings yeah. that the league was on the fritz um so i and i knew that the transfer window was closing in germany in the next 24 hours so that's how tight it was yeah so i called lisa cole who was the assistant coach at the time and i was like i was like look i was like i just need you to be straight with me like what's going on like and she was like it's folding or like and i think at that point it like had officially folded okay um and but there was like well there might be this in between league there might be this like whatever the WPSL elite summer thing was she's like but I can't guarantee it so I was like okay so I hung up I called Germany which was like 11 p.m for them so I like and was like frantically calling and they're like okay you know what our goalkeeper just got hurt again so if you want to come back we'd love to have you but you can't just finish this year. You have to sign for this year and then an, an additional year. Got it. So I go, okay. They're like, we need to know in the next two hours. Oh my God. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm like, I'm looking around my house. My parents were dropping my little sister off at college. So they were gone. And like, I literally just called them and I said, yes, without like talking to anybody. Oh my, that's so stressful. <laughs> I remember calling my parents and being like, so I've got news. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going back to Boston. Uh, I'm going to back to Germany, and I'm going to be there for another 18 months. And they were like, Okay, well, we're at a rest stop in Birmingham, Alabama, so we're going to have to call you back. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we need to process this. Oh man. Um, and I got on a plane the next day, and I flew back to Germany.
1: And how would you say? Because for listeners to understand, the WPS folded in January of 2012, which caught everybody by surprise. It was pretty out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. for sure and so that whole year of 2012 which was an olympic year there was no domestic league Mm -hmm. people went overseas nwsl started back up or began in 2013 that was the first season Mm -hmm. so did you end up staying in germany you had to go 20 the whole 2012 and they wanted you to stay through the end of their 2013 season till may
0: yes and then i came back and i started in June for Boston, for Boston. I came back to Boston
1: and were you happy that you got to come back or were were you ready to come back from playing overseas? Or were you wishing you got to stay longer?
0: No, I was ready. Um, and I, it ended up being a harder decision than I thought. Cause they had offered me a, an extension. They wanted me to stay for another couple of years. Um, and I was having a really good experience there, but i also then kind of felt like I got everything out of it that I went over there for. Yeah um and in a time where nobody was getting games as a young goalkeeper because i'd been in and out with the national team at this point like a few camps but it was always like back when contracts and things were you would hit your number of days and then you couldn't get called back yeah, in so like, like see you next year yeah so wild every year i'd like hit my day and they're like oh, we're not gonna bump somebody from contracts so like we'll see you next january and i actually ended up getting called in for three camps while i was gone that i couldn't come to mm, so i because was like great. Of like fifa windows and stuff because yeah and i was like well great my national team career is over like did you, did I you just, feel that I, way a hundred percent i was like there's no way like they're done and i came back and i was like i mean i played in 65 games in those two years um for the german team yeah for the german yeah. team so like as a young goalkeeper That was huge. Yeah. Like to play and get that game experience. And then I just wanted to come back. Like my sister was getting married that summer. Like I wanted to be like, and I missed a lot over there, like birthdays, weddings, funerals, you know what it's like. We all miss stuff all the time, but I was just ready to come back and be home. And I wanted to help grow the league in the U S like I wanted to be part of that new league and the U S being successful for sure. Um, with that. Yeah.
1: Well, you come back 2013 and in 2014, it's a huge year for you. You are named goalkeeper of the year in the NWSL in 2014. And you also have your first cap with the national team. So can you talk about both of those things and kind of what that year meant
0: to you or felt like in your career? Yeah. So I think with that, it was, that was kind of the first year that I came back. I had like a full off season to train, like had stayed in Boston and had also kind of, I'd almost like let myself, like I had, detached my identity from soccer in a way of like I was so consumed with Mm. like I need to make the national team I need to make the national team I need to make the national team and like I kept being like so close and then like not so I was like you know what I'm just gonna be happy like it is what it is like I just gonna enjoy playing for Boston and like just see what happens yeah and it was like almost freeing in a way and then obviously the it ended up being a very good year for me and I think once I got called into that camp this now will be the first camp that I'm not participating in since that camp. Like since 2014. Jeez. I know, I was about to say you haven't
1: been injured at all. Mm-mm.
0: This is the first camp that I'm gonna miss since 2014. You're a steady
1: Eddie. You're a healthy Henrietta. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So do you remember what camp was it in 2014 that you got called into and that you got your cap in? So
0: I had again, I'd come in for January. Okay. And they were like they always make like Algarve decisions and stuff. And I remember I sat down in my meeting with Tom and uh, Oh yes, Tom. Tom and uh Paul. And again, they were like, you hit your days, sorry. And I was like <laughs> <laughs> So I go back to Boston and I'm like, all right, well I'm just gonna start training for preseason. I got called two days before Algarve that someone got hurt, either Hope pulled out to get like a wrist surgery okay. or like something.
1: I feel like and it was like, Jill. Didn't she hurt her have like, been fingers or hand or something? I think it was- Might've been. I,
0: it might've been, maybe not. And I had tentatively been like talking to, like going to, what was the thing in Spain that the 23s would always oh, go to? Oh, La
1: Manga. La Manga, yeah.
0: yeah. I was like, potentially going to go there. Um, and I remember Paul calling me and he's like, yeah- somebody got hurt, you know, can you come in and like be a training goalkeeper? You won't be on the roster for anything, but like, can you be a training goalkeeper? And he was like, you have a decision to make. He's like, you can go to La Manga and like play, play and the games yeah. or you can come into camp. And I was like, they're like, we still can't give you a contract, but like, because they finagled something because you're not on the roster, it doesn't count towards days. Or, like okay. I was like, no, I want to come. Okay. And I was like, I can train. I can like do that. And then after that camp, I got a contract. Nice. And then went through, like went through qualifying as the alternate for 2015 was there for that whole, like three week thing, but not on the roster for any of it. And then didn't get my first cap until, um, December of 2014, 2014. Who was it against? you know? It was against Argentina. Nice. We're in Brazil for that Four oh, Nations Tournament. Oh, it was then? It was then. Oh my gosh. Which like everyone else has terrible memories of that <laughs> You're like, weekend. And I'm like,
1: it was great. First <laughs> cap. Oh man. Yeah. That
0: was a wild trip yeah. for anyone wondering me. Like a game got rained out, right? Rained out. And then even, so I was told that I was starting because I think Hope had gotten hurt or something. And then as we were walking to the bus... They, the game got canceled. Yeah,
1: we were in the lobby.
0: In the lobby and I go, this is supposed, supposed to be my first cap. Like what? <laughs> like you've got to be kidding me. I'm like she's going to be healthier by tomorrow. Like they're not going to play me. I was like and I had already been like I was like you've got to be kidding me. So I like waited 24 hours and then like I still got to play fortunately, but crazy. It was an interesting one.
1: I want to talk a little bit about the life of a of a keeper with you. In that, you know, 2014, you have this amazing year, you do really well, you get your first cap. But I mean, people who follow the sport and understand soccer, football, they, the keeper position is one that's like, I personally think is for so many reasons, the hardest mentally and emotionally during the game, playing training, that sort of thing. But like the way it works in terms of even getting a chance or a shot Mm -hmm. is so hard. Yeah, And the amount of emotional drain it probably puts on y'all is unbelievable. I don't, I don't know how a lot of you guys have been able to do it where you just have to wait and wait and wait. And it's basically like you're waiting for someone to retire. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. even then it's like, are you going to be the one to step into that person's role? And it's not mm-hmm. in terms of a field player, field player gets sub, you know, you, you sub field players during during a game, you can get those chances, especially if you're not a starter, you still have the opportunity to play to get your feet wet, to have that experience. Whereas with a keeper, it's like you're either the starter or you're just training the whole time. And then Mm -hmm. then when the starter's gone, you have an opportunity and you better take it and you better not mess it up. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that, your own personal experience and how you've handled it so well.
0: I think it's, it's definitely very challenging, like for sure, like to go through, I think I went into my first camp in twenty two thousand nine, and didn't get my first cap till 2014. I don't even think I got to dress for a game until 2013. Is crazy. Um, so it's like, you just, I remember distinctly having a conversation with uh, Wit actually mm. uh, during a January camp. I think it actually might've been like January of either 13 or 14 and I just remember going through and being like just like like a really demoralizing like session and I was like okay so at what point do you like stop being grateful to be here to then you transition to like okay now I'm pissed that I'm not getting a chance Mm. like at what point like does that happen and she's like I think you're probably ready for that like it's been four years (laughs) But I think a lot of it was like finding like small victories, finding like little things along the way of like what I could hold on to or what I could be happy with. And like, I realized early on that the only thing that I could control was like my attitude, like as a training partner, as a teammate, as a player was like, take the feedback that I'm given, try to go make changes. If they're like, you know, your kicking is not good enough. Okay. Well, that's what I'm going to spend the time if they're telling me that's what's keeping me off the field, like I can control that, like I can go get better mm-hmm. at that. Um, and then I think it's, it's just like figuring out ways to be useful in a lot of ways. And I think that's yeah. what, like, I remember going through 2014 and that qualifying tournament was really hard because it's like, you're part of it, you're part of it. But then like, I was the only one not getting to dress, not getting to play. Mm. But I also felt like that by the end of that tournament was kind of the first time that I realized that like, I had truly gained the respect of my teammates and my coaches for like, just kind of putting my head down and going to work every day. And like, being a good teammate and trying to make the team better in whatever way that I could. Yeah. Sometimes that was going to pick up coffees, sometimes that was being a center back, sometimes that was Cuz like, cuz you're awake before everybody. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes that was like there's no time for you to take reps today, we just need you to serve, we need you to do this, we need you to do that. But it was and then I think that even translated into 2015 of like okay, figure out ways to be useful. Like what can I do mm. to like And that's what I think what I mean by like the little victories and like for me that's what like I was proud of was that I was able to contribute in those ways. And by doing that, stay then ready for whenever the opportunity came because I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna have waited this long and then get a chance whenever that comes. Yeah. And not be ready. And then let that pass by. And you never know when the second chance is gonna come. So so true.
1: I distinctly remember watching you through the years and just being like, when Hope retires, like Liss is, I just feel like I watched you lay the foundation for what you needed to be the player, the teammate, the keeper, all these things to step into that role. And I'm curious if you're almost like, it was good that I had to go through those things. I had to take, I didn't get to be the starter on the U S women's national team until how old were you in, you know, 26, end of 2016, basically 2017,
0: 27.
1: Yeah. So you didn't start doing that at, you know, right out of college, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You stepped into that role. You had all this experience from professional, that sort of thing. Do you think that allowed you to be like,
0: I'm going to be able to step into this starting role and succeed? I think so. For sure. I think I was able to, that's what I always try to tell, um, especially like younger players. Now who I talk to is like, be a sponge, like soak in Everything. Yeah. Because even though I wasn't playing, I was training in this environment with Hope and Jill and Barney and Ashlyn and with Paul, with Graham, with all these. Like, there was so much to take in and to learn, like, whether it was how to navigate yeah. dealing with, you know, your families during world championships, of like how to best go about. <laughs> When to see people, when to not see people. Like most outside people wouldn't understand that, but like that's a real thing of like prioritizing time with family, but also preparation and like what's that balance? So I think having all of those experiences, and I think a lot of the disappointments along the way has made me not take anything for granted. Yeah. Now and I think because it was like such a long, arduous path to get to where I was like a journey. I have so many more stories of like absolute heartbreak along the way that we just don't have time for but like <laughs> you just like you know you keep going you keep going and it's like oh, okay give me quite yet i want to hear one yet.
1: story of heartbreak because we're about to get to 20 end of 2016 where you basically mm-hmm. began your ascent as u.s women's national team goalkeeper
0: um i remember there was a camp oh it was right after uh 2015 January came 2015, okay. we were going to France and England. And I think I was potentially going to have the opportunity to play in that uh, England game. I think England was first, no, France was first in that France yes. game.
1: England was second, okay. Um,
0: and I threw my back out the day before.
1: Oh my Liz! <laughs> and
0: it was like, to me that was like, okay, this is an opportunity for, and I, like Hope was always gonna come back and like be in 2015, but you know, then Ashland gets to play. And Ashlyn balled out yeah, and like played incredible against France and then played incredible against England. So it was like, talk about not throwing away your opportunity. It was like, mm. she was ready and she was like, this is my shot. And she took it. And that's like, Ashlyn and I have always said, like, we've always had like such a good relationship. And like, we've been on this together for the last, what, 10, 12 years. Yeah. But like things like that along the way of like, I was supposed to get subbed into a game before I getting my first cap. And like they had told me that I was going in at halftime. Rachel Bueller twists her ankle in the second minute of the game. They have to make a sub. And Paul comes and just puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, you know, there's games next weekend. We can't use the sub on a goalkeeper. Oh my god. So it was like, okay. Just having
1: to roll. With just punches. not ready. And it was
0: like, I was supposed to go into a game in Algarve. And it was the game that we got smoked like three-nothing at halftime. So they're like, Well, we're not gonna make changes now. Like, we can't. So but then it was, like, it. that would have been the one game to, like, make the change. Yeah. So then it was, like, waiting for the next one. So it's just, like, multiple things like that along the way of, like, oh, no, this is going to be your chance. This is going to be your opportunity. And then it just, for complete outside things, just didn't pan out.
1: Yeah. Um, man. It's wild. It is crazy, yeah, how that happens in this career. And it's just, like, I mean, especially – For keepers. Again, don't know how you guys handle it because the resiliency that y'all show as a group, you individually have shown, is incredible. And so I am curious now with all of that heartbreak. Hope, obviously, we play the 2016 Olympics, we lose in the quarterfinals. Hope, being the legend that she is, she's no longer on the national team, coach's decision. That leaves the goalkeeping spot open Mm -hmm. what was the fall of 2016
0: like for you and that almost transition yeah it was cautiously optimistic it was like (laughs) (laughs) like i i felt like i was playing well like even through the olympics um and like was playing well for boston actually no i was in chicago at that time like was playing well for chicago um and i don't remember even i think we then played against the Netherlands in Atlanta Mm. and that was like, it went fine. Like, I think we either tied one, one, or maybe we won. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was just like a, almost like a a hyper focus at that point of like, okay, like here's the opportunity. Like it's, it's a free game. Like it's a free for all, like all cards on the table, like the spots open at this point and we don't know what's going to happen, but it also didn't really change much. Like that was what I also then tried to like, be very cognizant of is like don't think too far ahead like Mm. that's always like in the back of your mind of like this is where i want to be and this is what i want to do and i had i remember saying after both 2015 2016 like i want to keep going these were great experiences to be part of this team to be an olympian to win a gold medal at the world cup but i was like i want to be on the field like that's the next step is like i want to be on the field but i have found with myself that the more focus i put like long term is like not good for me. Like I need to like switch it and be like, okay, today's today, this practice, focus on this practice, focus on this game, this camp. And when I kind of switched that mentality to like, okay, yeah, the spot's open. Yeah, that's what I want. That's where I want to be in 2019. We're in October of 2016. Like that's like, I need to focus on like- So far. Being who I am right now and just getting better tomorrow and then being better the next camp and being better and like learning all the way through so that hopefully those incremental increases will get me to then where I want to be at the end of the day
1: at what point did you start to feel like okay I'm the starting goalkeeper
0: you know and and
1: I even it's funny because I asked that question and even like Becky Sauerbund will sometimes be like oh I don't feel like you know I don't know I could be switched at any moment it's like Becky You've been the center back for literally a decade, not maybe not really, but you know what I'm saying like, Mm -hmm. I think we all have a healthy dose of this could change at any point, but at the same time, you have to almost Mm -hmm. be like, no, I'm the starter. I'm going to get the job done. This is my responsibility, those sorts of things. So at what point did you start to be like, this is my role. This is my job. This is my responsibility.
0: I don't think Jill told me that I was starting until... April of 2019 really mm-hmm.
1: I mean that is fair like yeah. to
0: be fair that is kind
1: of just the reality of yeah and you never felt super like solid in I'm the starter
0: I think I f- like it was it was like a weird I was confident in that but then I also was like you have to like maintain this like yeah at that point I think for most of 2019 been consistently playing yeah so I certainly like felt good in that but we had like a strong goalkeeper group. So it was like, for sure. It was like, they're also really good. So like eyes focused ahead, like just do your job, do your job, do your job. Definitely. So I don't, I think even like walking then out of the tunnel against Thailand, was probably the first time I like legitimately let myself feel like, okay, cool. I'm starting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, Liz. Oh my God. That kills me. It's so funny. It's true though. I guess it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's happened to me before where I'm just like, I don't, they, they could change this at any point. Yeah.
0: You just never know like and it's yeah
1: but so let's talk about 2019 Mm -hmm. world cup this is your first major tournament as the starting keeper and the amount of questions we all defenders and you had to field about the defense leading into the into the world cup was a lot was a lot to the point where it pissed me right off (laughs) And I was tired of it. And I was just like, yeah, we've been playing together for a while. Yeah, we're good. Liz has been in goal for a while. She's absolutely smashing it. I'm not worried. Why do you guys keep bringing this up? So how did you feel? Because I feel like you have some stories of feeling the same
0: way. Totally. I think it was for me, it was like a bit of like a. More of like a whirlwind of it. Like I remember going to the media day in New York yep. and even before that, there was like a lot of questions and like, for whatever reason, we were giving up a lot of goals. Like to be fair, we were also playing really good teams. And so it was just like, mm. whatever. We brought it all together after I think she believes and we we're like, okay, like we're too good to be like letting this happen. Like what is going on? And like, I remember us coming together and being like, we're fine. Like we're good. And we were never panicking. Like we never had a problem. But I remember then going to the media day in New York And for two and a half hours fielding questions of, oh, how does it feel knowing you're the weak link of the team? Oh, how does it feel knowing that people want hope? How does it feel like knowing that you're going to be? And I was like- The fact that
1: people (laughs) said that to you.
0: (laughs) Like straight up, like, and I'm not even kidding. I know. And I remember, I can't remember who was in the bathroom, but I literally at one point, like I walked off and I just went like sat in a bathroom stall. (laughs) And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, this is- I was like, I don't know how many more times you can say, like answer the same question. I'm like, can you guys just all just like sit here and one person ask it one time. So it's not like yeah, one answer. just one answer. So it's not the same thing for two and a half hours. Um, but then I do think that I obviously like deleted all social media after that as one does, as one does. But I think for me going into that, um, our pre-camp in Tottenham, to me was like huge because it was like distraction free, just the team. And we sat there and it was like, because all that stuff was just like outside noise because like I was confident in what I brought. Like I was confident in our back line. I was confident in our defense. Like I was like, I've been playing with Becky, you, Crystal, Abby, like Krieger, like we've been doing this for a long time. Like I have no doubt we're going to show up and play and play well. So I think it was just being able to get Out of the country and like almost refocusing a little bit um and drowning all that stuff just out
1: yeah and you obviously did a good job drowning it out because what the first three games we Mm -hmm. shut out right yeah we didn't get scored in group play and then spain we get scored on we Mm -hmm. go up 1-0 they score 1-1 we win 2-1 and for me, that game, I personally think was like the worst I felt during mm-hmm. the tournament in terms of just unease. I don't know. Yeah, how you I felt. completely
0: agree. And I think that for whatever reason, there's like a weird vibe or yeah, something. Well, because I think and as much as we tried not to be like talking about it, all anybody wanted to talk about was US France quarterfinal in Paris. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. And I think because of then what happened in the Olympics in 16, too, it was like, OK, everybody like the group is you just got to get out of the group and then it's like okay well this is this is now the first like eliminate there's there's no more like cushion of if you lose a group game you can still kind of make it up and like get out and then a second part of the tournament starts so i think that certainly played a role at least for me of like okay this is now kind of where it gets really serious yeah and spain was good i mean that's the other thing is like spain was really good they were very good they were very good
1: they also didn't do anything that we, or not much of what we thought they were going to do right. from the scouting report. So we were like, our yeah. game plan is not great. Um, we're going to have to figure yeah. this out on the fly. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, But we win and mm-hmm. we go on to play France and we win 2-1 there. Give a little, a little snippet of that game against France. Like, how did you feel?
0: So the funny thing is, I like, swear to God, I blacked out all of 2019. Like, it, like the whole I, year or the World like, Cup? No, just the World Cup. Like, okay. <laughs> I think I was like so hyper-focused on what was going on. Like, I like have a hard time remembering like a lot of the like little details of it. What I do remember from that game is um, I remember specifically like you and Crystal owning the people on the outsides. Yes, and just like dominating and I remember how loud it was so loud and I was like this is the loudest stadium I have ever been in and somehow my nephew fell asleep in the 90 the 84th minute
1: oh my gosh (laughs) to be fair we kicked off
0: at 9 p.m so like I'm not surprised but yeah true it was late game
1: that that game was so legit you obviously were playing out of your mind up to that point, and then we go in and we play England mm-hmm. in the semifinals. We're up 2 1. It's the 83rd minute. This is what my. Yeah, say. Like that. I don't know if it was the 83rd I was. minute. I feel like it was earlier, the, earlier than that. No, it was 83rd. It's like 82nd, 83rd. Yeah. It was late. I think I got subbed out that game. I think I did. But they get a penalty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what was going through your mind when they got awarded the penalty?
0: Well, there was such a long via, like VAR review. I just remember being like, just. Prepare like it's a penalty. Okay. Oh, so
1: in your mind, you prepare like it's a penalty. Yeah.
0: Because I was like, okay, from a defensive standpoint, I don't think it was a penalty. Now, if that happened on the other side to one of our attacking players, I'd 100% be screaming for a penalty. So obviously. And I just remember everything being very quiet, mm. which obviously it wasn't. There's yeah 70,000 people in the stands, but I just remember it being very quiet and was thinking back actually to, I remember we were in... I think probably January camp or something. We were scrimmaging boys. Okay. We were always doing like the shootouts and stuff with them afterwards. And I let in 10 consecutive penalties.
1: What? Really? And
0: I was like, I was so angry. I literally like ripped like my jersey. <laughs> and I was so frustrated. And was like trying like new techniques and like new stuff. And was like seething. And I remember like sitting in like the little uh, cool down and Kristen um, comes up and she's like, let's take a walk. I go, okay. She's like, you need to change your mindset. You need to just- Let go what happened, think ahead. It's going to matter down the road. And you need to like be more positive with yourself and like Hmm. believe that you are going to make a save and it's going to make a difference.
1: Love that. Yeah.
0: And I was like, okay, fine. Like you're probably right. (laughs) And that was like the first thing I thought of like afterwards. I was like, thank you. I made a difference. (laughs) But like that mattered. And I think that's like teammates are important. Like all those things are like, that's what it's all about like at the end of the day. And it was like, um, and I just, I, the biggest thing I remember is how quiet the stadium was.
1: It was quiet. And it makes me stressed even thinking about it because I still remember lining up for it yeah. and being like confident in you. Yeah. Obviously always confident in you, but to make a save on a PK is so hard. Yeah. It's still a penalty. <laughs> yeah. It's the semifinals of yeah. the world cup. We're up two one and you save this like, you knew the whole time where she was going, which you probably did. And I was just like, I couldn't believe it, but I also could. I just, it's like hard to explain how it felt to watch it happen. Yeah. And you just grabbed the ball and you were like, go, go.
0: Because <laughs> you didn't want us to get a six second I call. I had or something. like a minor panic attack. I was like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have stood up. They're going to call me for eight seconds. I was like, Kelly and Alex are hugging me right now. I was like, I well, need, look to, on go. Your I need face to go. I need
1: to go. It was so. Because you were just like, so yeah, in your zone and like, get out of here, guys. I was I like, oh, she wanted to
0: transition. I'm like, no, I was panicking that they were going to call me for eight seconds because <laughs> I was taking my sweet time.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, insane. And we obviously go on to win the World Cup. You play every minute of every game of the 2019 World Cup. You are a World Cup champion for the second time. What did that feel like? Do you remember once the whistle blew? Like- do you, did you stop blacking out then? Yeah,
0: I just remember I just, like, had the biggest smile on my face. And I, like, Becky was the first person that I saw. And, like, I just remember hugging her at mid- midfield. And we were both just, like, we did it. Like, hmm. we did it. And I remember my first thought was relief was, like, okay, we're- <laughs> it's over. Everybody's, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, oh, my gosh, it's over. We did it. Everything's fine. Like, we're good. Everything's fine. <laughs> my then second favorite part was getting back into the locker room and the picture that we took, which we will, will choose to post at a later date. But I think like in that moment, like with us, like after all of what we had like gone through and like dealt with to get to that point of like,
1: yeah. And to have such a solid, legit showing as defenders, you know, like totally. And and yeah, like you said, all of the noise and all of the doubters and haters out there before the tournament and to be like, Hmm. Yeah. We told you so. We were yeah. pretty confident, but you guys yeah. now you know. Well, to fast forward, I do want to talk about this past summer. Um, you know, obviously COVID hit. We played the Olympics this last summer, not even a couple of weeks ago. You do it again. You make insane PK saves again. First one is during the Netherlands game. Is it tied one one at that point? Two, two, two. It was two two. Two two. So this isn't for them to tie the game. This is for them to win or like to go up. To go up, yeah. And it's probably what, seventy-fifth minute? I don't even 81st. remember. Eighty first. Do we have that? Eight, you know. Of course you know. <laughs> and lo and behold, I'm the one who gave away the PK. I'm very sorry about that. I'm pretty sure I apologized um profusely after the game to you. Um, you save it again. Like how? I don't I, I kinda I actually want well, would it be bad to tell people the amount of preparation that you put into PKs? I mean, they should the people who take them should know. Yeah. Right? It's not like a secret. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think every everybody has their own like preparation tactics I guess some people like to have a lot of information some people don't like to have a lot of information Mm. um I am probably a mix I will study I will do like any of us study game films and scouting reports and like you put the time into the preparation aspects on and off the field yeah but then there there has to still be enough of an element of letting instincts take over like I think it's you have to let yourself be in the moment to like actually not just get like, you're not gonna solve a problem like on paper. So I think like you do the homework, you do the preparation and then trust that you've done enough to put yourself in the best position to succeed.
1: I still think it's one of the craziest, most legendary things I've seen in sports is the amount of times you've saved PKs in big time moments because you do it during the game to keep us tied and then you go on and you save two PKs during The shootout right Mm -hmm. yeah to allow us to win and watching that like that that what 90 plus minutes of soccer and watching what you did during that was incredible and honestly mind-blowing i was like i don't understand we are winning this is Alyssa is is winning this game for us basically right now it was crazy and was that that was the first shootout with the national team that you had been through yes yeah. And then one. Yeah. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was shaking. I remember like hugging oh, people God. afterwards and somebody was like, okay, hey, you can stop shaking now. I was like, okay. okay." <laughs> like adrenaline is like such a real thing. Like, you know what it's yeah. like? And I was like, just like so amped. And I was like, oh,
1: we're good. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Do we're it. done. It's Okay. We're moving on.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and It was, it, I mean, it will go down as like one of the coolest, craziest moments for me playing on the team, watching you do what you did. We love to celebrate women who boldly draw new lines to create new and improved playing fields both on and off the pitch. This season, we've teamed up with our presenting sponsor, WIS, to share the inspiring stories of the female entrepreneurs and business leaders that are not only changing the game, but are also WIS clients. Today, we want to talk about Issa Watson, a Caribbean woman in America. Issa is an entrepreneur and a classical pianist. She's the founder and CEO of the communication app, Squad. After experiencing firsthand the isolation that social media causes, her app set out to build the next huge social experience for people and their friends. Named top 100 MIT alumni in tech in 2021, Isa is a physical scientist turned social scientist, building the next generation social connection tool. From creating and testing new compounds in the lab to training for her next classical piano recital. And Isa, I'd love to sit down for a lesson or two with you. She's able to balance and persevere through it all because of three constants: her 100% commitment to her vision, her dedication to keeping it real, and a responsibility to help make this world a better place. Isa, it is women like you who continue to inspire and spark change. Tap in next week for more stories of female leaders like Isa in business, in sport, and beyond. So then, obviously, we go on to semifinals and that is when you suffered your current injury right now, which that was probably what, 15 minutes into the game? 24. 24, see exactly, I knew if you asked, you would have the exact time. Um, And it was on a corner kick. I remember I was front post, I turned around, saw you catch the ball, I was like, Mm -hmm. good catch Liz." and then come down, and after you came down, you stayed down. Mm -hmm. So talk us through that moment, what were you thinking? Obviously you were in a lot of pain, what were you thinking and yeah just i mean that was kind of uh it was heartbreaking to watch as as one of your teammates and obviously for me i'm like yeah. shit yeah she's the best and also she's in pain and not that i didn't have complete faith in AD if for she a sure. step on what she did but um but yeah just talk about that a little bit i know it's kind of a depressing thing to talk about or bummer to talk about but
0: yeah i think it was obviously i felt it when i landed and like knew that I was in pain. Um, and I remember like, you know, I'm a very analytical person. So even while I was laying on the ground, I'm like trying to self-diagnose. I'm like, okay, well, like, I was like, okay, well, like, I definitely like twisted, but like, was it on the twist or did I twist out of it? Or like, what's the, and I was like, I was like, I heard, what did I hear? Like, what was going on? Um, I was like, but I know I'm in pain. It's like, I don't really want to move. And then once the doctors and stuff came out, they were like, got me to finally like roll over because I was being like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to move. And then once I was like on my back, they were like testing stuff. And I was like, okay, like give AD enough time to like warm up. Like don't rush off the field, like give her time. And then like, for some reason, while they were doing something like, whether I was listening to what they were saying or not, they said whatever they had, like I instantly was like pain-free for a second. Mm. And I don't really know like why. And I was like, you're like, Oh my God, God." I did. I was like, well, do I have to come out? And they're like, well, we're going to take you off and test you. I'm like, well, can you test me here? Like, do I have to come out? Yeah. And they were like, I mean, I guess not. And I was like, well, just test me. Cause then I was like, okay, well, if we don't have to waste a sub in the 24th minute, yeah, great. Like we can use that later. And I was like, then I was thinking I was like, "Oh my gosh, Alyssa you're so dramatic. You just laid on the ground for like seven minutes, <laughs> and you're perfectly fine. And I'm totally fine. Everything's fine." That's
1: what I was thinking. I was like, "Thank God, she's just a little scared."
0: Yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're so dramatic. Like, everything's fine, and you just made such a big deal out of that." And then so I stood up, and I was like testing stuff, and I was like, "You know what? I actually, I think I think I'm all right. I think I can do this." Um, And obviously the competitor in you, like, we all want to finish out games. We all want to keep playing. And then like a couple minutes into that, like some of the pain started coming back. Mm. I remember someone was like driving down the middle and I was like moving and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm going to be so mad at myself if like somebody scores because like I couldn't do what I should normally be able to do or somebody else couldn't have gotten to it that just because I wasn't like. Me being stubborn so I was like okay what's my exit strategy here like do I go down to another knee again like do I like make another scene of like okay trainers come back out but I took that goal kick and that was probably the worst pain I ever felt to kick that ball oh and I was God. like no that's uh that that's it <laughs>
1: we're gonna call it in here we're gonna
0: we're gonna call it a day but yeah that was that was hard to walk off the field Sports are just so cruel. They're so rewarding, but they're so cruel. And it was like to go from such a high of, so cruel. and I think for me, the biggest my favorite part of like looking back at the Netherlands game is I was so disappointed in myself for the the second goal that went in. Mm. Like, I felt like I should have done better with it. I was like, there's I should have made that save. And like, I'm now the reason we're back in a tie. And I think Alyssa of a few years ago would have been like so rattled by that that I wouldn't have been able to recover. and Probably then, would have not been able to do what I did afterwards, yeah, so for me, like that was one of the more rewarding sides of it is just like seeing growth in myself of okay, yeah, I made a mistake, like I should have made that save, but I didn't let it then define the game, didn't let it like kind of carry on to the rest, yeah, so I was like, great, like overcame that, like did this, like we win, and like that was our turning point, like it's been a weird tournament, like we're like that was it like we're, we're good. going we're we're good, everything's fine now. Back on track. Um, back on track. So I think that was, it was hard to walk off the field. I think the hardest part is to just, to not get to finish what you started, to yeah. not get to finish with like, with the group, with the team, like on the field after, I mean, we've gone through a lot as as a team, as players, as, you know, just blood, sweat and tears together. So like, you just want to see it out with everybody. Yeah. Um, but credit to everybody else. I almost fell down the stairs celebrating all of those four goals against Australia, but.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, that was the least we could do after what yeah. we did in the semifinals. And I felt personally, res- I was just like, I think I felt the worst for you after that loss. Cause it was, just, it just, like you said, sports are cruel. And that moment was quite cruel for, yeah. for all of us and especially you, but you're on the up and up. On the up and up. And you're swimming. I am swimming. So <laughs> <laughs> but not kicking. Not kicking. Uh. So what what would you say you're personally focused on in your rehab and development right now, and like how are you looking to bounce back, like individually, and then also us as a team? Would you say?
0: I think I'm excited to you know as a group get back into these these friendlies in September, October, and kind of just get back into um, together as a team and like kind of come together. And I think a lot of us have had you know time to now think and process like. What did go wrong in the Olympics and kind of, um, you know, now get back together as a group and have those conversations and get back onto the field and make those changes, make those adjustments, just make things better. And I'm excited to see that growth from the group of learning from a really challenging, disappointing situation. Obviously, getting a bronze medal is not necessarily disappointing um, in the grand scheme of things, but obviously we wanted a gold medal. So there is some level of disappointment there for sure. Um, so now to be able to grow out of that disappointment as a group, I think is going to be, I'm excited to watch that. Um, yeah. And then I think for me individually, the, my focus is getting healthy, getting, uh, back on the fields. I'm going to, uh, try to kind of, you know, be smart with everything, take it slow, like not not, not rush anything, not good. to like get ahead of anything. So, which is not normally my MO. Um, yeah. but I think you got time, I know, I got plenty, of time You're good. plenty of time, plenty of time. So I think, um, yeah, just trying to stay focused on that and take it one day at a time and, um, make sure I am 100% all the way healthy and ready to, um, you know, be able to be the player that I want to be before stepping back on the field. So
1: good. I like hearing that. Yes. That makes me happy. I need this whole, healthy, and ready to go. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So we've taken up enough of your afternoon, although I feel like, you know, you wanted something to do. So we gave you something to do. Basically
0: bump on a log these days. So (laughs)
1: exactly. All right. We're going to hit our repeat questions to end this recording. So the first one is, if I wasn't playing soccer, I would be dot, 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 Uh,
0: running my own coffee shop
1: nice this actually goes perfectly into our next question yeah and i love that and you totally would be and i think you should when you're done playing soccer it's a work in progress love it good where would you have it don't know yet that's the hang up okay okay location is the hang location is the hang up is it going to be just a coffee spot or will like you can get wine and stuff at night wine and stuff at night there you go you love your wine yeah
0: (laughs) uh all right how do you take your coffee uh I like a nitro. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're the best. Okay. Or just black. I just yeah, drink I was about black. to say. Okay, just black. The nitro is just cold.
1: Yeah. So it's just, yeah. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. It's cold. But it's very cold, smooth. It
1: yes. is. It's like almost like a little creamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Are you, so you'd obviously have nitro on tap. Yes. All right. Yes. Love it. I can't wait to hear, come to your coffee shop. Um. All right. Who's been the one person in your life that's always kept you moving, motivated you,
0: been a support system for you? Um, I would say just my family in general. It's hard to pick just one family member. Um, they have certainly been the uh, village behind me the whole way. They
1: really have. You have yeah. a fantastic family
0: and are just yeah. like the
1: most loving, welcoming individuals and so yes. supportive.
0: Yeah, no, they've been, they've been incredible. Shout out to the Nair
1: crew. Yes. Love you guys. Um, all right. They say work hard, get lucky. How much of your success is predicated on luck?
0: I like to think you create your own luck. So, um, there certainly is a luck aspect in sports, but, um, I think if you work hard enough and do all the preparation side of it, you can kind of aid in that. Push the luck in your direction.
1: I like it. What would the percentages be if you had to give a
0: percentage or a number to it? Let's go 20% luck, 80% non-luck. All right. All right. Hard work.
1: I'm into it. That's good. That's good ratio. Yeah. All right. Last question. And then you're free to go. You, a listener, have accomplished so much already. How do you keep pushing? And where do you want to go next?
0: I think I am able to keep pushing. Cause I, I just always want to be better than I was yesterday. I think that there's so much room for just like, obviously as you get older, a lot of your growth gets to be a little bit more minuscule and not as noticeable, but I think just, um, I still see so many different ways to improve and get better on and off the field yeah. just to keep creating that. Um, and We'll see where where that takes from the future, but just keep just want to keep, keep getting get better and just see keep where it plugging goes. away. Yeah, I love it. I love I yeah. love
1: that you in having accomplished so much already, you still are like I can do this, this, and this better. Like I, these are places that yeah. I can get better as an athlete and as an individual. And I think that mm-hmm. that defines you as a person. Like that's why you continue yeah. to grow to to thrive. So I love that about you. you tell, yeah. Well, thanks for sitting down with me. This was so fun, and I miss you. Yeah, this is great. I know, I miss you, too. It's so weird not seeing you for so long, but
0: I'm glad you're... I know. I was telling somebody, I was like, the world championships are, like, such a weird thing. You literally go from, like, every day, every second of every day to just, like, gone for weeks at a time, and then just, like, poof, everyone's just gone, and you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) I know. It's kind of like, I need to, like, yeah, it's like, we're... Yeah, you feel it's like un,
1: unsteady or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's like just like a very strange dynamic of like what we do.
1: Yeah, definitely is. Well, thanks again. This was so fun. And um, I'm so proud of you and all that you've done. And I can't wait to watch you do even more and, so. and win way more things. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm I'm there too. So
0: <laughs> Right side by side. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Love you, dude. Love you, Kale.
1: Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to justwomensports.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to the Just Women Sports podcast. Catch you next time.